I remember in, I think it was a letter part of our high school years, you had a cassette sampler that had one side of the tape was Reliant K samples from their first album, and the other side was John Rubin samples from his first album that Goatee Records had put out through like Christian bookstores or something. Do you remember that? Oh man, I had forgotten about the Yeah. Is that me? <laughs> that was you. You had that. Oh, and you played I still for have me. It. <laughs> I wish you if you do let me know because I, I want it. Just give it to me. Oh um, yeah, if I find it, I'll give it to you because that's like you're the cassette person. See, yeah. I think this needs to be talked about is Adam is obsessed with cassettes. Not only cassettes, but also CDs, vinyl, um, vinyl, not vinyls, because the plural, the plural of vinyl is vinyl. Uh, 8-tracks, even. I have a pretty good 8-track collection. Um, the plural of 8-track is 8-trick. Yeah. Eight <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I still like to have cassettes. And I just bought um, Eminem's new album on vinyl, CD, and cassette because I'm a psychopath like that. So I, I have to look it up, but I think I still have. I went to a CD store back years ago, late 90s, and they were giving out sample, C, uh, sample cassettes. And I remember this one, and it was two songs from this band that no one ever heard of before that was just starting out. It was a band called Linkin Park, if you've ever heard of I, them. I think I've heard of them, yes. And it had the song, uh, I forgot what one of the songs was. The other one was like their first single. Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, man. Off Hybrid Theory. Um, yeah. I can't remember what the I two songs. Remember I I've seen that one was. recently. I've seen that uh, cassette tape recently, like in the past few years, that I still have. But I haven't. I not seen the other cassette. Oh, one step closer. <laughs> one step closer. Yes. Okay. There is a scene there. Look up the Wikipedia uh, of that album and just look up the track listing, and it's like a mile long of Hybrid Theory. But yeah, I do they have keep that. it. And that's just kind of how things, that's how uh, back in the day, for all you young kids, back <laughs> in the day, they, you didn't get sample CDs because that cost too much. They gave you sample cassettes of just a few songs. And Snippets. sometimes. Not even was full old. songs. Well, I got two full songs on the um, hybrid theory one. Oh, The problem wow, okay. is, it was on one side. It was on side A, and side B had nothing on it. Really? So you think it'd be side A would have one song and side B would have the other song, so you just f keep flipping it? Yeah. But no, that would make too much sense. And unlike vinyl, you have to rewind the stuff. So you'd listen to both songs, which is like six minutes, rewind right. it, listen to it again, rewind it, listen to it again. Doing that over and over again will destroy a cassette because there's only two songs. It takes a lot to destroy. people. There's a lot of misconceptions about tapes. One of them is that um that a tape deck will like eat the tape after so many plays or like if you don't you know maintain the cassette deck properly or you don't maintain the cassettes properly or something but really i mean so what i do with my tapes is once a year if you don't listen to it which i mean 
honestly, not everyone listens to every single tape they have every single year or whatever. But just take it, pop it in your deck, fast forward it all the way through, then rewind it all the way through. That gets it loosened up enough to where it maintains it. And then just put it in this protective case and then just stick it back on the shelf and keep it out of the dust and you should be fine. And then just take care of your cassette deck. Make sure that, you know, you clean off the tape head and you, um, you know, sometimes there would be belts inside the cassette deck that'll get worn out over time. So if you need to replace those belts, if you hear squeaking or whatever, you need to replace the belts. But other than that, you just maintain your deck and you'll, you'll be fine. And the cassettes will play just fine. And I'm nerding out a little bit about this because, you know, it's cool. It's a lot better than going on Spotify and just finding an album that you like and just hitting play. And then, you know, there's no real physical satisfaction in that. It's just... I think I've only had a few cassettes in my life. That one that I talked about, the one I had him talked about, and uh, Jerry Seinfeld, I'm telling you for the last time. Really? I don't know why. So another cool thing about cassettes real quick is if you go on Bandcamp bandcamp.com and uh, you find a band that you like odds are that band has released material exclusively on cassette because um, that's the cheapest format so a lot of indie bands will will release things exclusively on cassette and they'll release digital copies obviously on Spotify and uh, YouTube or whatever or Bandcamp but if you want a physical copy of something most of the time or a lot of the time the only way you can really get it is through cassette which I think is Awesome. So I buy a lot of indie bands on cassette. How is cassette cheaper than CD? They just reuse old stock. It's a thing. Look it up. Go on back. (laughs) I'm telling you. But uh, yeah, let's get back to Reliant K. This is uh, an extremely. So that may have to get cut out. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, It's that's a good. It's fine. Okay. So okay, go back to you. You said you introduced. So the thing was that you, I introduced you to Reliant K. Yeah, so you had that tape that had um, a snippet of um, the Marilyn Manson Ate My Girlfriend song, which is the one that really caught my attention for Reliant K. And honestly, after, after that and after hearing their first album, I kind of tuned them out a little bit and I kind of skipped over anatomy and then i went and once uh two lefts came out then i really got into reliant k they became one of my favorite bands um so my favorite i think like at this point it's angels and airwaves blink 182 reliant k and then the list goes on from there but they're up there in the top five for sure so uh for me i knew about reliant k from the song marilyn manson it's not called Marilyn Manson. It's called My Girlfriend, but nobody ever knows it by that name. Mm-hmm. It's either called, people know it by Marilyn Manson or Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend. It is the weirdest music video of all time. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't think I've ever seen the music video, though. Oh, I should go look, that look up. it up. Go look it up. You'll love it. Uh, it is, uh, if I remember correctly, a giant Marilyn Manson esque character that's roaming around the streets. It's very. It's 2000. It's literally came out in, I think, the year 2000. Um, right. But I knew about the band from there. I didn't. My first CD that I bought of theirs was Anatomy of the Tongue and Cheek. Nope. Is it Anatomy yep. of the Tongue and Cheek? Yeah, that was the first one I bought. And yeah. 
I remember going to Tower Records in Opry Mills Mall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tower Records, people. Throwback, yeah. Yeah. And I would look up their CDs and like just read the back of them, and their song titles were just the best ever. Like, I have to go through like from their first two albums because I didn't buy Anatomy until after it had come out. So, like, from Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek, you had great, great song names such as May the Horse Be With You, Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is not actually a song, it's a title of a track. Maybe mm-hmm. it's Maybelline. And then uh, they had their first album, Hello McFly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles in Charge, which is literally actually the theme song to Charles in Charge. I did not realize that. I was not old enough to know what Charles in Charge was. Mm-hmm. Also, on one of their albums, they talk about, I'm Lino, which one is that? Is that Anatomy? Yes. So they have, an, they have a song called I'm Lino. That's about Thundercats, I believe. I had no mm-hmm. clue what Thundercats was. <laughs> Everybody's like, I love this song because it's about this this thing. And I'm like, going to look it up pre... Well, I guess Google was technically around at the time, but nobody was using Google yet, I don't think. And I was like, what is Thundercats? Trying to look it up online. So I love the, the quirkiness of like their first several albums and their sense of humor and their sort of sarcasm like interlaced with their um sort of religious undertones that they tried to weave in yeah it was it was it was a cool thing because as like us as like christian kids it was like the coolest band to listen to because they were so off the beaten path of what a christian band was supposed to be they were Blink 182 esque in sound, which was like completely up my alley, and they were like unique in a way that no other band was at the time. I never really listened to MXPX, so <laughs> I was about to compare it to MXPX. I did I listen to MXPX, but even MXPX wasn't as quirky in their their lyricism yeah. as Matt Thiessen. No, and, and like the one that the one I was thinking of before them was like the OC Supertones. The OC Supertones, yeah, or just the Supertones. But none of them had the same sort of appeal that Reliant K had, I don't think. <laughs> what? I just got a te- text message uh, uh, from a friend who said, tell Adam the new logo is real good. I worked hard on it. I just muted my phone so that doesn't show up again. So let's, let's do the... Uh, okay. Let's talk about the albums like sort of chronologically. So we're going to go through them, and we're also going to actually list out the full names of each of these albums. We've been saying like Two Lefts, Anatomy. Those are the short names, and uh, the names of the albums are also really good. Except for their first album, which is just self-titled. It's not called self-titled, it's called Reliant K. So, right, but their well, first we album to... wasn't, wasn't their first release. It was 2080. Which also wasn't their first release. Okay, but their first EP was 2080 D. No, it wasn't. It was All Work and No Play, which was from 1998. Touche. It was All Work and No Play. But that was a demo. I don't. Yeah, it's a demo that you can't find, but it still existed. Yes. Okay. So. As you can tell, we both know our Reliant K history way too much. <laughs> 
while other yeah, people so, were studying when they went to school, we were keeping up with Reliant K history. This is a Reliant K cassette podcast now. This Sorry. is basically a Reliant K love story, is what this is. Yes. In podcast form. I mean, we should be doing a podcast about conspiracy theories, but we decided to just change it up. Because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I wanted to, uh, to do this. Because Reliant K put out a few months ago a solicitation for votes on basically a greatest hits album which is um a fan vote a fan curated greatest hits album called all work and no playlist uh that all these fans went through and voted on and they pulled out uh something like 14 or 15 tracks and they're gonna press that onto vinyl so they just pressed it on the vinyl and i'm waiting on it to get here but um so in sort of recognition slash celebration of that, I guess that signifies to me that the band's career is effectively over. Um, so I thought it'd be a good chance to sort of look back um, because I've spent a majority of my adult life listening to these people and uh, just really enjoying their music and having that music sort of help me through some times and... So yeah, it's just in an appreciation of that, I wanted to talk about them for a little bit. So we're going to start with the first album. We're not going to do the EPs, and but we are going to add one EP later, and um, I'll let Adam say why we're adding that EP. And we're also going to cut out one album later, and I'll let Adam say why we're cutting out that album. So just know this is our version of the full-length yeah. albums. So there is some discrepancy on how we define this, and we'll get into why we are replacing one with another. Right. Ooh, some lore. <laughs> <laughs> so the first album is called Reliant K. It came out in 2000. We kind of want to go yeah. through like what we liked, what we didn't like, and favorite song, I think, is what we're doing on each of these. So the one... All right. So with the first album, what I liked about it was it was very quirky and unique for the time, but it was familiar enough to me as somebody who'd be listening to Blink-182 and MXPX and Goldfinger and all these other pop-punk bands from the secular realm to hear a Christian band come out with music that is, well, okay, MXPX was kind of a Christian band too, but um, that's a debate for a different time, which I probably won't have with you because you're not really a big fan of MXPX. But, I know very um, little about them. I know they exist. I love MXPX, obviously. That's why I'm talking about Roland K. But anyway, so, um, yeah. This album had a lot of appeal to me in that sense. And also the fact that you were into them sort of encouraged me even more to get into them. Because it was it was like, uh, you know, music is better when it's shared with friends. So, yeah. yeah. So my um, favorite track on that album is, um, the popular track is going to be My Girlfriend. But my favorite track is Softer to Me. Because it was, it was the most somber moment on the album. And I think... When they did the acoustic version, that's the version of that song I like better. But that that's my favorite song on the album. Also, just a side note, we are not playing any snippets of any of these songs for very obvious reasons. Yeah, we like, don't want to get copyright struck. Yeah, I don't know who owns any of these songs because they've been on a few different labels, I think. And so who knows who owns what songs, so not going to do it. Uh, but we do I know, I know who owns them. You know who owns all of these songs? Go to your records and owns all these songs. Well, they don't own the later songs. Well, okay, so I think if Matt Teeson is listening, he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 
when Reliant K left Goatee Records, they started Mono vs. Stereo, which was basically a sort of closet subsidiary of Goatee Records. So I think they were still signed to Goatee Records. They released all their vinyl through SML XL Vinyl, which is a subsidiary of Goatee Records. So I think holistically, they still kind of belong to Goatee Records. Oh, they're like one of the two bands still on Goatee. Um, <laughs> if, if you don't know, Goatee Records was the label in Christian music in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was, if you, did, weren't, if you weren't a fan of at least five bands or groups on Goatee, what was wrong with you? Yeah. You just, yeah, they, they had them all. Not only bands, but they had... Um, God, we were really fucking nerding out on this, but um, Tony Mac had started Goatee to support the Christian hip-hop scene. So he had John Rubin, he had Grits, B. Wright, I don't know. Uh, yes, he was. Um, uh, B. Wright? B. Wright. B. Wright? B. <laughs> Took you long KJ, enough to get that. I think I think KJ52 had, had not signed, but I think he had at some point been in talks with Goatee. But then they started signing um, just normal gospel and contemporary artists, and they kind of just fell in. I, I don't really follow anything they do anymore. They are. Oh, they do have more than one current artist. Man, they have a lot. I don't know any of these. I don't know enough about current Christian music. But uh, I'm looking on their Wikipedia page, so it could be wrong. Their first band was Out of Eden. That was ever signed to Goatee Records, if I'm correct yeah. on that. And yeah. um, they had they had uh, like uh, uh, who who else? On? House of Heroes was on there at one time. That's wild. Yeah. Jennifer Knapp was a big one. Yes. No Verbs or Verbs. Um, yeah, the Verbs. Yeah. Right, L.A. Symphony. Uh, I think Marzil was on there at some point. Uh, yeah. And so there's just a yeah. lot of really big names in the Christian space. And even some more recently, like Jamie Grace and uh, Stephanie Smith, uh, who were not big in the early 90s, of course, but I think they were kind of getting kind of big. I don't know. I mean, early 2000s. Yeah. And of course... So that was that was the label, and Reliant K was on that label, and that was the cool label. I don't know what the uh, what the equivalent of that label would be. <laughs> like now, yeah, like what label? If we said a label that to let everyone know, um, but labels are so much so much more different now. They're not you don't identify artists as much with their labels anymore. They're sort of subversive now i think like i don't know i don't know anyone that follows labels anymore like i used okay. to follow labels so the one i would think of and it's kind of like it is fueled by ramen is what i was thinking of yeah okay that so that that's one of the labels that i still sort of keep up with also um fat records which is no effects uh fat mike i still follow tooth and nail a little bit but yeah, Goatee was was as far as Christian music was the label to be on. Even though their music hardly ever got played on contemporary Christian radio because it was too edgy, right? Yeah. You didn't hear John Rubin. You wouldn't hear John Rubin on on Way FM or K Love or anything. No, but 
it's wild because it was started by the quintessential Christian artist Toby yeah. Mac. Well, he wasn't yeah. the only one who started it, but he was the 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 biggest name that was on that. So anyway, that's a history of goatee. <laughs> uh, Wrapped so, into a Reliant K discussion. Um, I think it's a good solid first album. I think it has some really good fun and serious songs and kind of gets into their final track kind of talks about where the name Reliant K comes from uh, mm-hmm. with K car, uh, which is, yes, it's re- their name is after a Reliant spelled differently. <laughs> so for copyright purposes, but I feel like at this uh, point, the, the band has super has uh, surpassed their um, namesake in popularity. <laughs> Probably. I don't I don't know if anybody's like uh I also think Softer to me is the best song on this album. It is just so it goes from being really like hard and edgy to being really like soft in the original version. A lot of music, a lot of like anger and then just softens up and it mm. just it hits emotions so well going through different stages. Um I think it's a really good song. The original version and other versions. I just think it's uh, an album that has is what I call, and I, I told Adam that I'm going to do this, I'm going to rate these all by what cookie they are. <laughs> he didn't think I was serious, as I can see right now. This is a sugar cookie, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's okay, but it's not my go-to choice, and it doesn't have a great taste. It just has a, it has a good taste. It's not, none of their albums is something I'm going to say is disgusting, but eh, it's a sugar. Yeah, so I think, I think every single one of their albums is, is good and has a certain charm to it in a way, Uh, but some have, some I think are a little better than others and we'll get to that later. But I think this album was a good template for them to go off of moving forward as they progressed as musicians and as songwriters uh, and as a band working as a collective um so i think this album was a great template and it rolls it kind of i mean if you listen to it and then you follow it straight into um anatomy there's a solid progression there so we can talk about anatomy next yes so up next coming out in 2001 one year later was the anatomy of the tongue-in-cheek which i didn't know what tongue-in-cheek meant at the time i was a very dumb kid uh, yeah, let's just say it. Uh, and this one, uh, this one got really, truthfully, I felt like got into some really serious stuff. Those words are not enough for the moments I feel faint. Uh, failure to excommunicate, my way or the mm-hmm. highway. Like, these are some serious themes. Like, to me, failure to excommunicate, which is literally says the word racism in it, which I thought was a word you weren't actually supposed to say in Christian right. music. Right. But and then of course there's a song called Maybe It's Maybelline, which seems like it's a stupid name of it, but it really is a good song. It has a good message. Um, right, and then Down in Flames is more about um, what we talked about last time, judgmentalism, and sort of. Um, um, I think uh, I think this only had one um, music video to it with Pressing On, which was their single from this. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's a weird music video, not in a weird in the same way that my girlfriend is a weird music video. Just it's I, all I remember is there was a fanny pack 
And one of them, I can't, I think it was Matt Thiessen, takes out lips, uh, not lipstick, but like chapstick. Mm -hmm. I think it's chapstick. And he puts it on. And I just now got like, if that's actual chapstick, that's like looking ahead to the next album's opening single. Uh, Right. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I have to look up this music video again and see if I can get it in uh, anything other than like 260p or whatever it is. 12p. Yeah. uh, but yeah, so uh, I really I think this album is a lot better. I I don't think it was their peak, but I think it really was something they did well. Um, and I rank this kind of as a uh, as a one of those Kroger sugar cookies that has like the <laughs> stuff on top of it. It's good. You you pretend like you're like no, I'm too old for that, but no, it's freaking tasty. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Those Kroger sugar cookies are the best. They have that icing on top. It doesn't matter what the color is. You love those cookies. You know you do. You pretend like you don't, but you love those cookies because that icing makes the cookie great. You should not eat too many of them. You should not listen to this album over and over again because it it eventually be like, okay, I can't keep doing this. So aside aside from uh, diabetes and Skittles and combos, what is your favorite album or song on the album? So as I said, there are a lot of really great songs. Like I love Failure to Excommunicate, and I love yeah. uh, For the Moments I Feel Faint are great. But I have to go with the song that everybody knows from this album and everybody sang, and that was Sadie Hawkins Dance. Because if I would have said Sadie Hawkins Dance in my and i stop everybody knows the next two words All i, I think i is... agree with you i think city hawkins is my favorite on this one i don't know i'm torn between pressing on and city hawkins dance and down in flames i think maybe down in flames i would okay i'm picking down in flames okay because of the topic uh, we have to go into like their first monster album which was uh two lefts so their third album coming out in 2003 Two three separate album covers. Four separate. It was four separate. Yes, four separate album covers. Blue, green, pink, and orange, I think, or yellow, one of the two. Yellow. Uh, which album cover did you have? I think I have the pink, and I think I have I have it on vinyl, and the vinyl is orange. Ooh, but yeah. I think, the, I think the vinyl cover was um, exclusive to the vinyl and differ from all the CD releases. Yeah. So to put in perspective, if you're not looking up this, this first of all, the album name is Two Lefts Don't Make a Right, But Three Do, um, which is talking about a joke that I guess is not really around anymore, where they're like, two wrongs don't make a right. And they're like, two lefts don't make a right, but three do. And right. there was some, I can't remember, there was like a joke going around or something that I heard a few times. But anyway, all four covers, the four different covers of the CD. And yes, you could buy each of these CDs, maybe cassettes. I don't know if this ever came out on cassette. Uh, their, their car crashes, basically, or some kind of destruction where the one I had, I had the blue one, which is a truck going into a phone pole. And they have another one where rock lands on the back of a vans, minivans, like uh, 60s. I like the type. VW bus yeah. or whatever. <laughs> And then they have a limo that has a tree that fell on top of it and another car that has falling off the side of the road. And then and the this vinyl... Is artwork. This is all artwork that looks like it came out of a uh, Grand Theft Auto video game. Yeah. 
And the vinyl one is just all four of those cars on the back of a truck taking them away. Which is uh, appropriate because the vinyl they, came out so many years later. Oh, yeah, and I forgot about this. Uh, they did come out with a fifth cover or sixth that is the official cover, I believe. After they did all that, they came out with a final cover, which is a greenish color that has all four of the cars in the junkyard. Right. So, yeah, there are like six different album covers to this. Uh, it was one of the few times that I was like, I should buy this album multiple times. I did not. I only bought it the one time because these were like $18 albums back in the day. So my first introduction to this album was when it, from one remember the WoW uh, Christian Hits CDs or whatever? I think they still make them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They would so like, have like one of the them. record labels would all get together and find a way to market their biggest. Anyway, so there was, <laughs> I think uh, Getting Into You was one was on one of those. And I think I had just gotten back from deployment and I heard that. And then I went and got the, because um, I always bought the WoWs. Like I collected the WoWs. And then Getting Into You was on there. It's one of the few, like, overtly christian worship songs i think that they've ever like done but uh but it's not the best song on the album the best song on the album was silly shoes and then <laughs> <laughs> you were <with> silly shoes <laughs> <laughs> and then after that i would say overthinking but not the overthinking that's on the album the overthinking that comes later on the um the acoustic version on the apathetic EP. That's my favorite version of the song off this album. I love how twice you picked a song, but said not the version on this album, a different version that they did later. But the versions on this, okay, so Chapstick is um, Chapstick was on one of the one of the X CDs, which was like the Christian rock version of the Wild CDs. So Chapstick was good. Um, Forward Motion is amazing. Everyone loves the Pink Tux of the Prom song. Uh, gibberish is I used to put gibberish as like an interlude in like like mix CDs that I would make so I'd make like mix CDs and I'd have like a minute left so I would just throw gibberish in <laughs> I did not think anybody would actually I mean Silly Shoes is such a great one I mean uh, Snakes sorry that is the last line Silly Shoes I, I really love Jefferson Airplane which is Silly Shoes is a song that's hidden track in the uh in the final track jefferson airplane which is yes named after the band i guess mm-hmm. but um i think my favorite one and i love a lot of the songs on this album i mean chapstick chaps lips and things like chemistry which we just talked about a moment ago how it's like he's using the chapstick in the song or uh, in the music video of the previous album the pressing uh, but, on video yeah, on the pressing albums, uh, pressing on uh, music video. That's a great song, but to me, I am understood is my favorite. Though there's so many on here that are good. Um, I am understood is a very religious song, um, as well. But you wouldn't you wouldn't know it unless you really read into the lyrics. Yeah, that's one of those things I was saying before about this band is that they have a way of inserting their faith into the quirkiness of their lyrics without you even noticing until you're actually paying attention. Yeah. And I think this album, um, I think what really makes this album to me, the Oreo of 
the albums. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I could listen to this over and over and over again, and it would taste good all the time. And it's probably not healthy for me to keep listening to this over and over and over again, but I'm going to because who doesn't stop eating Oreos? You can't eat just one. You can't listen to this album just once. And part of that is this was the first album that came out, and we're going to date ourselves here, uh, after we uh, graduated high school. This was the first of their albums that was post-high school world. And there are a lot of bands that their first album after I had graduated high school, for some reason, I really latched on to because it was such a turbulent time in my life, I guess, because it was really yeah. trying to figure out what in the world I was doing. Like we talked about, like there were three of Adam, myself, and uh, our third friend, Donnie, which we talked about. We went three very different ways after high school. We were yeah. really good friends and we went three very good ways, very different ways and kind of reconnected on and off over the next few years and um so it was weird for all three of us what we were trying to figure out our life and this album seemed to be like what (laughs) am i doing and this album talk spoke to me very well yeah and trying to there are two albums that came out in this time frame that i still latch on to it's this and uh Blink-182's Untitled album that came out right around the same time. And those two albums, to this day, I still listen to. I'm trying to think, like, my... I've talked a lot. My favorite band is actually another religious band, uh, Jars of Clay. And Mm. I'm looking at what album they had that came out, um, which was Who We Are Instead, which has some of my favorite songs. And it was a very different type of album. And it was an Americana album, and now Americana is the type of music I listen to. Mm. And that was their influence. But with this album, Reliant K's uh, Two Lefts, it got, as I said, the previous album got into serious topics. This got into, like, a lot of self-reflection is what it felt like. Like, what am I as a person going to do? Not, I feel like Anatomy was all about what are we as a people doing, mm-hmm. and... Two lefts is what am I as an individual doing? Yeah, and to that point, I think that this album came out and we grew with the band. That's, that's one thing about these bands is that um, as they progressed stylistically and musically, we also progressed, I think, as people. And I felt like that their evolution and, and, and my personal evolution were kind of level. So the things they were discussing in their music were things that I was going through as a human. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, Matt Heeson is just a few years older than we are. And yeah. and we all, you kind of look up to people who are just a few years ahead of you because they're talking about something that happened to them like one or two years ago because they're not writing about their current life. When you right. hear these albums, they were written like the two, three years ago, and they were recorded last year, and they came out this year. So right. by the time it comes out, they have moved on to the next phase. But if you're a few years behind, you're just now hitting that age. And so right. I think, especially when you're teenage, when you're in your late teens, early twenties, listening to bands that have, uh, who are, who the bulk of the, the people are 
uh, three to five years older than you is really who's going to connect with you a lot because there's so much development going on in your teens to 20s into up to like 30 that it's just all chaotic and you're you're picking it up as soon as they're able to get it to the on the radio or on YouTube now you're hearing it and it's like this makes sense and mm-hmm. i feel like that's what reliant k was they were a few years ahead of us so by the time we really heard it and were able to ingest it it was exactly what we were going through yeah we were we were living it as it was yeah, yeah exactly yeah. So it, we weren't living it as they were living it. We're living it as media takes two to four years to get to the ears right. of the consumer. Okay. So then they put out um, the Christmas album, Deck the Halls, which we're going to skip over because it's not a real, it's not a, it's a, it's a side album. It's a Christmas album. Yeah. So we're going to just bypass that and go straight to, mm-hmm. 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 Oh, wait, is, that's a different one. Mm-hmm. Is their 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 biggest album, um, and also where I learned what a pre-gap track was, thanks to this that album. That was genius. Yeah, and I still so cannot figure. So a pre-gap, ugh, a pre-gap track is on a CD. It really only works on a CD. In fact, yeah. I don't think you can't do it on a cassette unless you mm. wind the cassette. You can only do it once on a cassette, but basically. You have the CD, and you t- and when the CD cuts on, and I don't know all the technical stuff behind this, it starts at a certain point on the act- on the physical CD. Well, you can actually put s- stuff in front of the start point. You just have to quote unquote rewind it to hear right. it. So right. you basically have to have a CD player and press not the uh, previous track but press the rewind where you can go back like 10, 20, 30 seconds. Right. And you go back and then you can hear the opening track. So there is a track zero on this album. That is just them humming. Mm-hmm, if I remember yeah. correctly, I yeah. don't have any way to actually do this because most stuff, most things that play CDs now do not have this function. So these tracks can't be heard anymore. But they, so this is, that function is another indicator of their evolution and their quirkiness and their sort of willingness to sort of bend the rules to how, you know, because they're, that's outside of the, the norm. Like, it's not a conventional thing to do. So it's just, it, it, was, it was a cool, unique feature that you only got the experience from that, from owning a physical yeah. copy of that, which is another reason why I like to own physical copies of things, because yeah. there's different things about them. Of course, if you get their 10th anniversary edition, you will hear that song as track... 16. 16. Oh, because they go. added a different song in there. Okay, sorry. Um, so you you can hear that song, but just not the pre-gap song. They weren't the first band, and they're not the last band to do a pre-gap track it's only 17 seconds as well some bands have actually i think done up to three or four minutes not mm. sure how i don't know enough about cd technology to do it now you could do it on a cassette too technically you could just every time you ship out a cassette that it's not 
rewound the whole way. So if someone just throws it into the cassette player and starts playing, it won't play that first song. But when they rewind it back, then it will. Or they can just look at the cassette and notice, like, wait, this isn't rewound. So you can well, do they did release. They did release this album on cassette, but I don't know if that how that track has worked into it. It may but not anyway. even be on there. So I, I freaking love this album. The, oh yeah. This is just every song on this album is a ten out of ten. But my favorite part of this album is when it when it transitions from Wish to Bury Us of the Hatchet into Let It All Out. There's like a seamless sort of piano transition. That's just it's it's a freaking masterpiece. And that whole yes. those two that that nine minutes could easily be one full set of of music all to itself. And they did this on this album, but they also did that on um the deck the halls when they had the uh uh silent night and away to major to i celebrate the day and there's a the, the exact same thing happens they have these well this medley and it transitions very seamlessly into i celebrate the day and it all functions as one entire piece and that's a beautiful thing i i i really appreciate whenever bands do that because it adds to the experience and the, the the songs don't sound like distinct things all to themselves they sound like parts of a larger piece blink 182 did that a lot especially on neighborhoods and these guys did it here and it worked out so well for the listener because um there was no downtime and it was a seamless transition yeah i uh i kind of associate when you see this happening just uh you have a bunch of like individual songs and then two to three songs that are just kind of together. It's like watching a TV series that like watching the Simpsons or whatever. And they're all a bunch of individual ones. And then suddenly they have a to be continued. And then the next one is that continuation. And that's what it feels like because it's like, this is different. Yeah. They're taking two tracks to do one uh, theme. But the songs, the songs are, amazing as individual tracks but then when you combine them and you listen to an album or you listen to this portion of the album uh through the way that it's intended to be listened to you get a different experience than if you listen to it uh, as a single piece all to itself which i think is why albums are amazing and people should stop uh making mini albums and putting out singles and start releasing albums as individual pieces of art yeah, I think there's something great about the album. And this is why it's always good when you listen to an album for the first time to hit play and not shuffle. Just listen to it straight through. Um, because you get you see things like this that you wouldn't necessarily notice. When you shuffle right. them, you don't notice the theme that's going on. Like, can you imagine someone saying, like, yeah, I listened to Pink Floyd's The Wall. I had it on shuffle. It made absolutely no sense. I was like... Well, of course it made no sense. It's literally like... Did you hear that? It's okay. I heard your dog. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's annoyed. I don't know why. But it's it's literally like playing a movie and playing all the uh, scenes and shuffle. I'm like, well, this this movie made no sense. Right. Uh, and sometimes with... with um, you can listen to things out of order, but when you watch it in order, you can see there is something going on. Even yeah, when there, think, it's not a thematic album. I think this is when we're like, hey, really started to take shape and get a 
a, a much stronger foothold on people and they started to sort of before they were a niche band and they were you know if you listen to christian music they were the cool band to listen to but this album is what brought them uh outside of that box and gave them a wider audience and i think this album in some ways hurt them a lot because for some people this is where they stopped you know what i mean for me i consider this to be uh one of those kroger sugar cookies again i have a <laughs> lot of kroger sugar cookies with reliant k i was gonna have like uh nine different i think it's nine albums we're talking about nine different uh types of cookies but some of these albums are so similar to me <laughs> like yeah. in how i feel about each of them like oh i feel the same way about anatomy and mm-hmm, a lot because they have that same feel that they're good and they're tasty, and I'll eat a bunch right. of them. And right. um, this album obviously was their ones where they had their biggest hits, and they were on MTV. Uh, I think it was the only album where they had songs on MTV. Yeah. Uh, on top, uh, what was it? TRL. Yeah, and There's "Be My a- Escape" was their big single, and it's still probably their biggest, their most known for. It. People who don't know Reliant K know "Be My Escape" as their one-hit wonder single. And then there's Who I Am, Hey To Have Been is the, their, their post-big song single that some people remembered. Uh, right. Who didn't and know people really it. liked the acoustic version of that one as well. So to me, again, uh, so many great songs. But my favorite is Life After Death and Taxes, which is, uh, and if you, the full title, I think this is the actual title on it. That's what. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, so it could have errors on it. I'm not going to go digging out all my old CDs to make sure this is right, but Life After Death and Taxes, parentheses, Failure 2, which means it's the sequel to Failure to Excommunicate from Anatomy of the, of the Tongue-in-Cheek, which it right. talks about, which went on themes of like racism and excommunication and not being the in-crowd. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just love the line, never forget there's life after death and taxes. And there's a dog. That's okay. The dog can stay in. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to re-say that? <laughs> no, it's fine. It, the dog is fine. So okay. after a three-year break, they came back with... Let's say um, what year this came Sorry. Uh, mm-hmm, It was 2004. And then I think they had... Yeah, they had the Apathetic EP that came out afterward was i'm not counting as an album but i will just say the apathetic ep is a master is a masterpiece unto itself um that was where some b-sides there were some b-sides to this album that came out um apathetic way to be uh the thief uh the truth and then there were some acoustic ones on here i'm not even looking at not even looking at the uh but yeah apathetic ep was amazing and it was their first um like commercially released EP, um, and it had the Narnia song, the um, and like a lion always winter, which they sent to Disney, I think, to put on the Narnia sound, the Narnia compilation soundtrack, but it didn't actually make the cut. So put it here instead, and then they put it on their their Christmas remake album later on. 
There's a literal song on here called Turkish Delight. Now, I love David Crowder Band, but come on. Oh, dude. <laughs> and that's probably David Crowder Band's worst song, to be honest. I, lo- I love David Crowder Band, too. Yeah, but, so like... Which, and if, we should do an episode on David Crowder Band later on, because yeah. they're amazing. So, like, I love Waiting for the World to Fall, which is a Jars of Clay song. Obviously, I love Jars of Clay. Um, uh, New World, Toby Mac. I don't even remember that song anymore i do yeah uh but one of the things that oh this is the inspired by this is not the soundtrack is it well that's 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 the album they were going to put this on was the inspired by it had jars of clay stephen Gersh chapman uh toby mack is on there david crowder band's on there and i can't remember who else is on there i'm thinking of one of the ne- the next narnia album uh, no it's supposed to be for this one i believe yeah, I'm thinking. I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm making a mistake. I was like, "Where is uh, this is home?" But that's the different Narnia album. Right. Switchfoot was on this one. It was on the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are told we are freaking nerding out over this yes. music somewhere. So, anyway, if you have not heard the song "In Like a Lion Always Winter," it is one of the. It's. It also gets put on their Christmas album. Yeah. Um, one of them. They have a two, or an EP, an album, or two EPs. Oh, there's a Chris Tomlin song on this <laughs> Narnia album. In, in, in the prime of Chris Tomlin's career, yeah. I bet it has three unique words. Um, <laughs> we should probably cut that. <laughs> <laughs> the three words, if you're curious, are you're the one. <laughs> he just says it over and over again. What's the difference between a Chris Tomlin word song and... Uh, <laughs> A club song. The beat. <laughs> Alright, so after yes. Apathetic, after and Apathetic, there was um, Five Score and Seven Years Ago, which is a... The album title uh, refers to five albums into their career and seven years into their career. It was obviously a yes. reference to Five Score or Four Score and Seven Years Ago. Is that right? No, it's four score. Is it four score and seven years ago? Yeah. Sorry, I'm. I'm I was like, it's four score and eight years ago, <laughs> because it's eighty-seven years. Uh, so I forgot what a four score was. And see, get it? It's score. It's not scores in years. It's scores in musical scores. Right. Which is their their five albums. This is their fifth album coming in. And, and, and the intro just, track is literally pleading the fifth. It's about the Fifth Amendment, but it's about the fifth album. Right? So you plead the fifth. Oh, yeah. Not testifying okay. court, but it's, it's their fifth album. So I do want to point out real quick something we did not talk about. If you look at the cover, uh, the CD cover of this album or the vinyl cover or whatever, the cover art of this album um they're literally all five there are five members in the band at this time and they make four shadows as they cross over this like something on the ground and they make uh in uh, tallies a five right and it's a really cool thing that's so subtle and so and no one catches it no one even notices yeah. it but it was so great because you have like you literally have one member of the band hiding behind another member of the band in order for it to work. And they're sitting on anyway. a crack in a concrete that makes the okay. slash in the four marks. So 
put this to kind of first put it in perspective, this was the last album I bought of theirs. So this is the last physical copy of theirs that I have. The the most recent physical copy, I guess. No, it's not. That's a lie. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But this is the last yeah. uh, album I bought when it came out. This is also the last uh, release from Goatee, aside from Let It Snow, Baby, Let It Reindeer, which was a Christmas album, a Christmas remake album, really. And then um, the Burden of B-Sides, which had the Nashville, the Nashville Tennis EP, which I consider to be an album, and I'm probably alone in that thought. So I didn't have, I was, you know, young and did not have much money. So I had to pick between Five Score and Seven Years Ago or The Boy Versus the Cynic, which is a John mm. Rubin album. Yeah. And I knew they were both going to be good, and I had to pick which album I could buy. I picked this one because of track 14, Deathbed. I knew about that track and I just wanted it. Deathbed is not my favorite song on this album. It's probably my least favorite. It's just, uh, it's an 11 minute song about a person talking about their entire life story as they're lying on their deathbed. It's a really cool thing. It's, they're not the first to ever tr- do something like this, um, but it's not the best song on the album. But uh, Deathbed is a masterpiece. On yeah. its own, in its own right. It, it, but it's good, is... but it's it being so long is kind of overshadows it. Ever if something about Reliant K is they always had a last track up until I think this album that was like ten to twelve minutes long, but it was really just a regular song, and then a few minutes of silence, and then a weird song, <laughs> like, yeah, like skips and combos track. or silly shoes, which is yeah. the greatest ending track they've ever had i think <laughs> if you've not heard silly shoes it's on uh it's on another level <laughs> we yeah. talked about it earlier so to me this album is uh really really good this is my thin mint album <laughs> I your love girl thin scout thin mint <laughs> yes i've just we just got our girl scout thin mints i ate some i ate too many of them it's one of those where I like want to listen to and want to enjoy, and then I can put it down for a while. But I won't when I am enjoying it. I'm going to enjoy all of it. And it's such a good cookie. <laughs> There's my description for it. And what is my favorite song on this album? Is a tough one because there's so many good ones. But if I'm going to go with my favorite one, it's going to be a song that. I'm looking on the track list and I'm like, it's not on here. Did I pick the wrong one? Because it's, I already said, I love failure to excommunicate. I love life after death and taxes. And then devastation and reform is like my favorite song on this album. And it's in the similar mm-hmm. vein of those two songs, which come at the end of their, of their respective albums. And so I'm like looking at the last song and I'm like, or the second or third or last song. And I'm like, I don't see it. Um, so devastation and reform it's just, it's a good rock song, and I love it for that. Even though I have, like, connections and other ways to, like, must have done something right, um, that has been a really important song in, in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. And let's face it, Crayons Can Melt On Us For All I Care is literally more words in the title than are actually <laughs> in the song. <laughs> that makes it a great masterpiece, so it's really hard. Uh, you have 
I mean, I, I do like faking my own suicide, but is this technically a, a original to Reliant K? Does this count? So I was going to talk about that. Faking my own suicide, uh, there was a demo version that was released on a compilation album called My Other Band, where Matt Thiessen and his side project, Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes, had like uh, three songs on it, or four. One was Poison Ivy, one was Faking My Own Suicide, one was, uh, there were like two others. Um, but yeah, Faking My Own Suicide. The demo version of this song is really, really good. Um, and I think that it might be better than, than the album version. But my favorite on this album is uh, Given to There's Nothing Left. Yeah, I could listen to that song over and over again. Must Have Done Something Right is extremely cheesy. And uh, oh, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> but this album, there's no skips in this album. Like, literally, the same as every other album of theirs, there's no skips. You just do the whole thing yeah. all the way through. The only one you could skip is Crayons Can Melt On Us For All I Care. But by the time you go to hit the skip button, the song's already over. It's literally True. a 12-second quote-unquote song it does have music in it it's and nice I'd be, I'd, I'd be remiss if i didn't call it the fact that for the for the itunes version of this song or this album rather they uh covered sloop john b by the beach boys and it's probably my favorite cover of sloop john b by the beach boys i've actually so, never heard their version of it so and also another another sort of side thing about this album is that there's another song uh another b-side called fallen man uh, which appears on the Must Have Done Something Right single, which nobody's ever heard before except for the acoustic version on Bird and the B-Sides. But if you go back and listen to the original version, it's freaking amazing. So if you haven't heard Fallen Man, go listen to Fallen Man. I don't think, uh, I don't even know where you can find it other than YouTube, but yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've obviously not, I've got the acoustic version, right? The Birds and the B-Sides version. Yeah, but the original version I think is way better than the acoustic version. So, um. And then uh, let's talk about the bird and the B-sides. Oh, yeah. I was going to say one real quick, because I'm not yeah. taking that route that you did, but if we're counting versions that don't appear on this album, Up and Up Acoustic is maybe one of my favorite songs of theirs. Just, yeah. I think it's beautiful. And that actually appears on... The Bird and the B-sides. Yes. Perfect. So the birds... The birds... The Bird and the B-Sides came out one year later in 2008. And I that bought... was our last goatee release. Yes. And I bought this album five years later at a Reliant K concert. Really? They were doing the 10th anniversary, or, or was it six years later? Might have been six years later. It was six years later. Uh, when they did the 10th anniversary of the... Mm-hmm. Sorry, every time I say it, I have to go, mm-hmm. Right. It's a hard album name to say. But like, yes, okay, so that was the one that you and I went to together, right? Yeah. So okay. we did not talk about this. Even as big of Reliant K fans as we are, uh, it's not like we've seen them a lot of times in concert. I've only seen them once. I've only seen them twice. So I spent a lot of time overseas where they never really toured overseas. So I didn't really get a chance to see them very often. I've seen Switchfoot uh, three times, I think. But I've only seen Reliant K once. Oh, um, yeah, we went to the mm-hmm, uh, 10th anniversary tour. And it's one yeah. of my favorite. It's like on my top 10 favorite concerts of all time that I've been to. I just, it was just so good. I hated the venue and I loved it. The, them. Because I hate where they played it. And I was like, oh, I have to say it. Play it. <laughs> I 
that particular venue, which I'm not going to name uh, because, well, it's a I don't remember the name of the venue. Thank goodness, because you'd be like, oh, you mean blah, blah, blah? Like, don't say that. People actually like that place. <laughs> I don't. It was so hot. We <laughs> saw we saw Owl City there, too, right? Yes, we did. We saw Owl City, and then I went and saw Amberlynn there afterwards. So I've been there three times. But anyway, so I'm going to make a case for this real quick. The Nashville Tennis EP is a Rolling K album. Yes, the Nashville Tennessee P because it's Tennessee there and they made it and you know they record by this time they were all living in Tennessee so but it's also a tennis because anyway so they were at this point they stopped yeah so this was kind of the end of their goatee run I think and this is their last goatee album but the first 13 songs on the Burden of B-Sides is collectively known as the Nashville Tennessee EP. And it's all original recordings where they allowed or they experimented with other members of the band writing and recording vocals. So it's an extremely unique project. Um, and there's like a reggae... Oh, which one is it? Uh, no Reaction. There's like a, a reggae-esque song on this one called No Reaction, which is really interesting and cool. And then there's the last, the last, the least, which doesn't even sound like a Reliant K song. Um, it's good, but it doesn't sound like a Reliant K song. That's like it almost sounds like House of Heroes to me. Yeah, right. So, yeah, the influence is there. Um, but yeah, every song on this has like a really unique sort of uh, twist to it, and a lot of them are shorter. Some of them are less than two minutes long. Uh, no reaction is like one minute long, and then Be Your Man was like a little quirky sort of ending to it and transitions into the rest of the the cd which is basically a bunch of acoustic and leftover b-sides from various projects my favorite song on this album is there was no thief if you want a all-inclusive reliant k album that has a bunch of different stuff this is the album to get i think if you want to get like I need a good sampling. This is it. It's worth it. You usually can get it really cheap. And some of this stuff is demos or different sounding, but it has just overall, um, when you put the two together, the Burden of B-Sides, B-Sides, and the Nashville Tennessee EP, which is normally just all called the Burden of the B-Sides, you get a really good, I mean, 26 songs that I think I spent $10 on when I bought it. But when you buy songs at a concert, uh, when you buy albums at a concert, they're always cheaper, of course, than getting them anywhere else. And you get physical copies. Yeah. And you can get them signed sometimes, which is really cool. So they did they did press the Nashville Tennis EP as its own thing on vinyl, which is why I, um, for that reason, well, other than what I said before, for that reason, I consider this to be its own independent work um i just happened to be wrapped in with a bunch of bonus tracks effectively but the bonus tracks are worth mentioning because um they had several eps in their early part of their career like the vinyl countdown which was a seven inch that they released uh i think it was just for touring purposes only but it was a seven inch vinyl when nobody was listening to vinyl except for them and the vinyl countdown is a song about uh, their love for vinyl records and uh, 
then there was two versions of Five Iron Frenzy is either dead or dying, and that was a tribute to Five Iron Frenzy, uh, which ironically is a band that is still playing even though Reliant K is either dead or dying. At this yes. point. <laughs> One of the uh, well, <laughs> didn't see that coming. So oh. anyway, and another another little bit of a another little tidbit about this album is that um, they had like a little scavenger hunt thing before it came out where they somehow placed bonus tracks in places on their website or in conjunction with their website to where you could find them and go download them or something. And one of those bonus tracks was Between You and Me, which was a DC DC Talk cover that originally appeared on uh, the Freaked compilation album, which was a bunch of goatee artists remaking DC Talk's Jesus Freak album. Uh, and that cover of Between You and Me is better than DC Talk's original version. I have not heard any of the scavenger hunt stuff. Can you even still get this? I have no idea. I think you can still get uh, Between You and Me, I think, Wait. on Spotify. So when I look at when I listen to this album, this is to me a chocolate chip cookie. It is good, it is tasty, it is what you expect and what you want. Um, uh, I love this album. I love both the Nashville Tennessee EP and the Birds and the B sides, but we're not talking about the Bird and the B sides. But I will just say I love the stenographer on the Bird and the B sides because it is Matt Thiessen's uh, amazing ability to put a pun in a song and not make it cheesy. And that song, I think, shows it. He does it throughout his entire career. And a lot of these songs, and you see they have like really punny album names and really punny song names. But there's a lot of puns that go throughout all, a bunch of hit, what he's written, and it flows well. It doesn't sound like it's out of place, and that song does it. It has like it's a, like a two-minute song, it ha- and I've counted like twelve puns in it that just kind mm-hmm. of flow together, or some maybe not twelve. I'm guessing it's it was a lot. It was just like one after another. So that that's just my little side note, and you can find it online. Uh, if you want to, it says demo, but did they ever put this out on somewhere else? I don't think so. I think that was just the demo version. I think that the demo was released on something else. Maybe like, um, I think it may have been on one of their early EPs. Uh, I'd have to look to be honest. But if we go to the Nashville tennis EP, uh, I love just like, like a chocolate chip cookie all the way throughout. It has a very good, consistent taste. You may, I think, maybe chocolate chip cookie with some walnuts in it where you get, like, no reaction, and you're like, this is different, but I, I, I'm feeling it. And then before mm-hmm. you know it's gone. Uh, <laughs> uh, but my favorite song on here is At Least We Made It This Far. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, you can go through this whole album, and every time I go through it, until they get to, like, beaming, which is just weird. Uh, yeah. It's about beam me up scotty uh which kind of takes you out of the moment for a moment but it's it's funny um but it's just like a bunch of just really good songs but at least we made it this far was uh it's slower like most of these songs aren't slow they're more upbeat or but that one's slower and it just i think the whole album is just really good and it's 13 songs previously unreleased right except for there was no thief to an extent so that is a full album link yeah. worth of new material 
like they have so that, albums that have f- fewer tracks than that. Your dog is doing stuff. So forget not slow down came after Burden of B sides and it was one of their or no it was the first non goatee release on Mono vs Stereo. Um, yeah, so this album is I have to say it's my favorite album, Barreline K, mainly because for three reasons. One uh, is I don't need a soul. Two is therapy, and three is the bonus track Terminals, which had uh, production from Adam Young of Al City on it. Al and City. Ex- <laughs> Do you are you familiar with Al City? He did that Hello Seattle song. The the Fireflies guy. <laughs> but therapy is aside from something I need to do more often uh, my probably one of my favorite songs from any band ever it's a great song it's hard to describe why these songs are we like them so much sometimes because it's not just the lyrics it's not just the music it's when we heard it the first time yeah um i started listening to this album about a year after it came out i was late to it because when it came out i was in iraq and I didn't have access to good internet or music or anything. But when I came back from uh, deployment and I started college, I picked up this album at Hastings because I knew that it came out, so I wanted to get it. And I must have listened to this thing every day the entire first year I was in college. And Therapy is definitely my favorite song on this album. well, I don't know. I go back and forth between I Don't Need a Soul and Therapy. And then whenever you go to Amazon, you find the bonus track, Terminals, which is also amazing. And I want to throw in SMLXL Vinyl put out like a ton of 7 inches that had rare Reliant K bonus tracks. And um, this one was coupled with, um, I think, Look On Up. Are you familiar with Look On Up? I am not, actually. Okay. You you need, you need to li- listen to Look On Up. Also, another one of my favorite Reliant K songs. But So I think at this point in Reliant K's career, their um, more mature side really started to flourish. And they, I don't know if they, I don't think they lost their wittiness, but their lyricism is incredible. But they're um you know you're, you're not gonna find mood rings on an album like this you're not gonna find yeah. uh pressing on or uh pink tux of the prom on an album like this this i don't know and it like i said before it like it evolved with me uh, i saw i see like on again wikipedia it has a pre-gap out uh song yeah they did the same thing with this one okay i i never even heard, i didn't even know about this one uh so this this album is one that i don't know that well when we get into the last three albums um so for all those who are like how much longer can they go on this well <laughs> your whatever's playing your podcast should say the number of minutes left in this particular <laughs> podcast and it's more than it should be i bet <laughs> so, you know, we're just taking we're just taking some time here just to geek out about one of our favorite bands you can you, you skip this one if you don't want to deal with it and like any good sermon, this is going to have a point in the end. 
Yep. So, not very long, and there's going to be a really long altar call, and it's going to get quite weird, <laughs> because not enough people are going to come up the first time, so we're going to have to do a second altar call, because we have to hit the quota, the right. salvation quota. Got to get a baptism in next Sunday night. Um, so, when did you first hear this album? It was after, well after it came out, right? Yes. So, I, all the way through, it was this past week. Uh, oh. Yeah. Like these Didn't, last. I bought this album for you though, right? No. I bought The Boy vs. the Cynic for you. Yes. At Hastings, yeah. I believe. At Hastings. Um, and I was like, I'm so tired of you not listening to The Boy vs. the Cynic. You need to go listen to this album. Yes. And uh, if we want to mention Toys R Us and Circuit City, if we want to continue mentioning places that no longer exist. Yeah. Uh, or Borders. FYE. Uh, <laughs> Tower Records. <laughs> we're just going through all of the places we used to get music that you can no longer get music because there are no more. Uh, and yes. So anyway, uh, I've heard several of the songs from this. I heard I don't need a soul therapy um, beforehand, and I have heard a few bits and pieces of this album over the past few years at least but not all of it the big thing that i noticed was it felt like this album was obviously like when you listen to the the first section the first of their uh al- their first five albums or you listen to their first four albums and then their middle two five uh, uh five score and then into forget and not slow down you can kind of see this is the middle part of their story. Like yeah. the first four albums are very much a very more fun punk. This is more of a rock pop. And it seems like then they soften up in their last two albums even more so. Um, yeah. This one I put uh, also as a chocolate chip cookie. Uh, as I said, I didn't come up with nine different types of cookies because I don't eat nine different types of cookies. You know what I forgot? Uh, this one, actually, I want to say this one's a peanut butter cookie. It's yeah. really tasty, but I, it's not one I get that often because I don't think about it. Um, so, yes, a very yeah. tasty uh, cookie, but who thinks to get a peanut butter cookie when the chocolate chip cookies right there? So, yeah, I, odds are I'd probably listen to... Uh, the Nashville Tennessee EP, Tennessee EP, no, the Nashville Tennessee EP over this album, just because it's just one I know better. But this is mm-hmm. still very good. Therapy is also my favorite um, song on here, and I will say, like this, it, it's uh, 15 tracks. If we don't count the bonus tracks or the pre-gap tracks, and it does not feel like 15 tracks. Because they do that connecting songs. And of course there are a lot of intros and outros. But like when there's like Sahara goes into Oasis, goes into Mm -hmm. Savannah, goes into Baby. And they seem to all fit as one song. Even though Oasis and Baby I think are the intro and outro to Savannah. But when you think of a Savannah, it connects to a Sahara Right. Savannah is a place it kind of makes you feel like oh these are connected um, right. and so you see this connection between the songs as well that aren't necessarily supposed to be connected uh, as mm-hmm. much I don't, I don't know if they are 
but I just felt like that whole Sahara to Baby, which is four tracks, I wouldn't necessarily say four songs, um, but it feels like one big long connection, like a nice right. medley. Right. Yeah. And it really works. Well, I think it's it's not like a bunch of just like wasted space, which you get a lot in albums. Uh, one of the things I will say about Reliant K is most albums you listen to, the first half is really good, and the second half you're like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> like, right. these are just Some filler film. songs. Yeah. And I've never felt that way about Reliant K. I've always thought that they start off strong and they get stronger. Like, right. I feel like their, their latter half is really good. And I do love uh, Savannah. It's it's a very different type of song. It's not It's not their typical slow song, and it's not an upbeat song. But I just like the melody of it i just think it's really good but therapy is my favorite my only criticism of this album which isn't really a criticism but it's like um i don't like listening to songs from this album outside of this album because like like before with mm -hmm, i feel like the entire album is an experience unto itself and to remove something out and have it by it's like in a playlist or something it feels incomplete without the rest of the, you know, out of context or whatever. Yeah. I, I want to bring this back to Pink Floyd again, which just seems so weird because Pink Floyd did nothing but concept albums. But right. it's really weird when you hear songs from like uh, Dark Side of the Moon on yeah. the radio and you're like, but yeah, it's only one part of the experience. And it's right. not to the same extent. I don't think that Reliant K did it, but there was some like, I could see, like, if you just picked out a random song, it's like, mm, okay. But I could listen to therapy all the time. Yeah. Therapy is <laughs> amazing. I can't say that. Like I said, it's probably my... It, I, I gotta say, therapy is probably one of my favorite songs, period, in existence from any band. Um, worth mentioning is the Reliant K is for karaoke, Case for karaoke album which is a cover album which also has a track called baby but it's a cover of justin bieber's baby as opposed to the small little interlude on this album baby uh so differentiating between those two on like spotify or something is extremely important because you're getting two different experiences one is like a 46 second clip of you know part of the album and the other is a cover of justin bieber's baby so it's a little bit disappointing either way so <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, proceeding into the next album, it was a completely different experience from what previous albums from Reliant K were. And this was, I dare say, their pop album. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. People did not like this when it came out. People thought that they had just completely fallen off, that this was out of left field. I personally really enjoy this album. Um, before the album came out, that's my jam with Al City came out on like YouTube. Is this Reliant K? This isn't Reliant K. This is Al City featuring Matt Thiessen. Um, but no, um, I kind of agree. Like this album is a completely different sort of experience, but at the same time, it's not an unenjoyable experience. And as a band and as a piece of art, I think that you have creative license to evolve to some extent. I know whenever when when you approach an artist's album where you've had a you've had a preconceived notion of what it should sound like established over the course of 
seven or six or seven albums prior to that, you're coming to this with the expectation it's going to sound something similar. And when it's completely out of left field like this, it throws people off. And the reaction was overwhelmingly negative from what I saw. Um, but I liked it. And, uh, you know, you can't complain. What's your favorite song? The title track, Classical Lung. I thought you were going to say it was Can't Complain. No, but I did throw that, I did throw that in there to see if you'd catch it. <laughs> I thought that it was, yeah. Are you saying this wasn't a disaster? This wasn't a complete disaster, no. Yeah. Yeah. I did feel like... a little bit... I did feel a little bit like a lost boy when I was listening to it, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to throw this out here, and I hope it doesn't boomerang back on me. Sure. <laughs> uh, I was, like, singing Gloria. <laughs> oh, okay. This is why I should not do this at, like, midnight. <laughs> but at this point, I think they had long evolved past the Christian label. To yeah. Be I, I think there's some things that I think I'm trying to remember what it is, if it's on air for free or not, which is the next album that I was thinking. And on this one's like, there's still some Christ, very Christian stuff here that's weird that I thought they were no longer doing that type of thing. And let's just point out like something I'm looking at of the writers. Like, here's the thing about Reliant K, if you don't know, if you want to look at the writers, there's one on almost every song they've ever done. There is one writer if you look on this album, like 20 different yeah. people that have helped write. It's not just uh, uh, the main, one, sometimes too, with Matt Hoops. Um, yeah. There are a lot of people that wrote on this album, like you would expect from a pop album. Like when you hear a singer-songwriter, uh, they are the only writer, usually how it is. But when you have a pop song, there's like 20 writers, it seems like. Yeah, and at this point, it's just different styles. At this Sorry, point, Matt Thiessen had already like co-wrote like half an Al City album, and he'd wrote he'd written for Kelly Clarkson, or Kelly Clarkson, and like a few other major mainstream pop artists. Like at this point, Matt Thiessen was no longer Christian singer of Reliant K. Matt Thiessen was like can do no wrong songwriter who collaborates with basically like everyone. Right, so um, this was like a natural evolution, I feel like. Yeah, it's it's definitely very different. I put this as a uh, uh, my oatmeal raisin cookie. What's your favorite song on this album? Uh, but I have to just explain what I mean by oatmeal raisin cookie. Oh, it, I think me. I'm going into it thinking it's going to be a chocolate chip cookie. It is not a chocolate chip cookie, but as soon as I realize what it is, I actually like oatmeal raisin cookies. I like this album, um, believe it or not. I think my favorite song, it's really hard for me to say. I did like PTL. PTL reminds me of uh, Michael Jackson. Isn't that the name of a Michael Jackson song? No, his is... Pretty young thing, isn't it? Yeah, PYT, yeah. Yeah, so it reminded me of that. and that's It's just certainly weird. an allusion to it, though. Yeah. That's weird on so many different levels that I'm not going to get into uh, today. Uh, I think, I forgot which song. It was one of them that just was so catchy, and I literally forgot its name. But it was catchy, and I think it was, uh, it might have been If I Could Take You Home, or and it's just such a pop song, and it's so repetitive, but I liked it. 
and I hate that I liked it. And I know it's, I know this album is not, it doesn't feel very deep in the lyrics, but it feels fun. And I think when you have a bunch of different writers, that might be one of the side effects is it's hard to get into serious stuff because you have too many people trying to come at it and they all and they all put their own idea. It just makes it, it makes it very difficult to have, you know, yeah, have a really good clear message, and so that's why a lot of pop songs probably sound very watered tame. down. Yeah. yeah, it's just because it's the nature of how pop songs are written, and it sucks well, in some ways. But so the the two songs on here that are Matt Teeson and Matt Hoops uh, are "Don't Blink," which sounds like a very Reliant K song and a good opener, and "Collapsible Lung," blink. which is the closing song. So what are your thoughts on Air for Free? So Air for Free is uh, a stale sugar cookie for me. Uh, (laughs) It has some good parts, but most of it is not great. I do not like Air for Free. Uh, I'm just going to be honest here. I thought it it has a lot of songs. Interesting enough, like for a band that has some really long names, for the moments I feel faint, uh, I so hate Consequences. There's not a single song on here except for the title track that is more than two words long in title. It's a lot of single, single, single uh, word titles, which is weird. It just doesn't feel Reliant K to me. I don't know mm-hmm. why. That's just a random thing. But uh, I, mean, I love Mount Top. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's an observation. Yeah. Um, it's. But yeah, my favorite song on here is Mountaintop. Uh, I just think it's really good. The music video is really fun. This is a very forgettable album to me. I was not super impressed. I hate to say that, but I listened to it and I was like, I wanted to really like this. I yeah. love the... It's, it's everything you need. It's what you expect. But they came back uh, from Collapsible Lung and I want to say I liked it, but I felt like what happened with collapsible lung could not be changed. This was the collapsible lung was the direction they're going. And this was just a continuation, maybe a little pullback. And I know it's much more like than collapsible lung, but I'm just like, meh, it's not Reliant K as I thought. Forget not slow down is. So worth noting, they did the pre-gap technique on the CD release of this as well, where they had just a small little piano intro. I've listened to this entire album all the way through several times and the songs that I remember on this album that I really enjoy are um, Bummin', which is like the only true Reliant K song on this album that I can think of, uh, Local Construction, Mississippopotamus, and then skip a few tracks because it's filler, I think, God um, and Flower. Mountain type is mountain top is good, and all these songs are listenable. Nothing on here is atrocious and unlistenable, but the album as a whole just doesn't speak to me in the way that every other Reliant K album has in some way. And but my favorite song on here is either God or Flower. I'm torn, but I'm gonna say God. Um, but it's weird to have god on here after a secularization of reliant k i guess yeah 
don't know if that was like an attempt to uh, re-engage with the Christian market or whatever, but I don't really know how... I, this is probably the one Reliant K album that I'm not just like blown away by. And... Yeah, it's it's good. It's just not... It feels like when, when I was talking earlier that Reliant K doesn't have like the second half in most of their albums, the second half that's really terrible. Like a lot yeah. of bands do where you listen to the first half and nobody ever listens to the... I guess it'd be the side B if you listen to it on vinyl or cassette. Yeah. Uh, nobody would ever touch that side. This is the album of their side B. <laughs> this is their side B album. Yeah. Like They're everything else is side A and yeah. this is side B. This entirely entirely is side B. Um, Collapsible Lung has some side B songs on it, yes. But this entire album is side B. And you're like, but, oh, there's there's one or two good songs, really good songs. but eh. Building up to this album, they released Look On Up, which isn't on this album. Because it's better than every song on this album. If you haven't heard Look On Up, it's their best non-album single, I think. So that's your homework for tonight. Um, So yeah, I don't think this is... I would say this is probably their worst album. And that's actually a really big compliment because this album is fantastic as an album, but not as a Reliant K album. Does that make sense? Like yes. I think that I think that it stand I think that if you put this album side by side with any other release that of twenty sixteen when this album came out, I think that it is far better than, than almost anything else that came out that year. But if you put it next to every other Reliant K album, it's not holding water at all. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, I know like uh I got into Reliant K and their second album was like my big favorite album. And this is their eighth album or ninth album, depending on how you want to count. Uh, if yeah. we want to count Nashville tennis EP, or if we want to count the uh, Christmas album, but bands evolve, they grow up, bands soften up. Um, one of the things I've always said, like Matchbox 20, I loved Matchbox 20 as a kid. They were edgy and they were angsty. And I grew up, and I was no longer edgy and angsty, and neither were they because they started having families, and they were really rich and having kids, and life was going much better for them. It's hard to be angsty when you're sitting in your millions of dollars of cash or however much. I don't actually know if any of them are millionaires because the music industry, artists don't generally get rich off of. Uh, Right. But, but like, it's hard to be – it's hard to care about the angstiness, and it's hard to go back to – um to that when you don't feel it anymore and reliant k is definitely a band where the type of music they made big in christianity in christian music scene it's just not a thing anymore anywhere like nobody's going to be playing punk christian songs in 2020 and be like have number one hits that's not what anybody wants anymore so well and i think i think at this point I think after Forgetting Not Slow Down, we're like a, as a band, sort Forgot of dissolved. Well, yeah, well, they, they <laughs> dissolved from being, from attempting to be a large Christian band and sort of settled into making music that they felt was right for the time they were in and maybe stagnated a little bit, but not in a negative way, just in a way that 
um, they allowed themselves the freedom to create the art they wanted to create as opposed to the art that everyone else wanted them to create. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I think mean, this is this is the the, 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 the final product of that. Um, and it's worth noting that after that, if you count uh, Matt Teeson and the Earthquakes, the the Wind Up Bird album that came out after this is even a further um, departure from Reliant Kate proper. So if you listen to that, that's like the next step in this evolution or this. But it's actually it's also a really really good album, and I enjoy that. I have that on vinyl. Um, so yeah, uh, do you want to rank? Do you want to give your rankings yes. for your Reliant K albums, worst to yes. best? Go worst so, to best. I've talked a lot. Uh, yeah, I've talked a lot, and I may have changed some of the rankings in the middle of this uh, talk, and yeah. I may have accidentally said the wrong cookies on a few of these, so I apologize for that. Well, so, that's important. It's important to know your cookies. Yes. Okay. So worst to best. So uh, at the bottom. I don't know if you can really hear that, but I'm going to put air for free at the bottom. Um, and then there's like a gap. And here's the thing I have to say is like a lot of these albums are really hard for me to put because uh, I go air for free and I'm like, I don't like that album. And the rest of them, I mean, I like it's okay, but the rest of them I really like, but you have to put them in an order. <laughs> so right. uh, it goes for air for free. Then it uh, Reliant K, uh, their debut album. Then mm-hmm. Then Collapsible Long. Uh, then I go to uh, that's the that's the one tier. Then I go up a tier, and I have the Nashville Tennessee EP, uh, Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek, and Forget and Not Slow Down. So that's another tier. So this is this third tier up, and then my top tier, my top two albums are five score and seven years ago and then my favorite album two lefts don't make a right but 3d my worst to best for reliant k if there is a thing air for free reliant k anatomy of the tongue-in-cheek collapsible lung nashville tennessee p two lefts mm-hmm, five score and forget not slow down i find it interesting that our uh for the most part, we are very similar. Uh, obviously, we're I mean, not going to be the same, but a lot of similarities. There, there may be some objectivity to it. Um, I think there there's some universally liked things about a lot of these albums, and there are some universally disliked things about a lot of these albums. And uh, so we got to do it. Best song. The best Reliant K song. Yes. Of all overall? time, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be on one of these albums. It's just the best overall Reliant K song. And why including, is it Skittles and Combos? <laughs> are we including covers? I want a, I want original, <laughs> truthfully. Because, <laughs> I mean, I wanted ones that they wrote and they recorded and they, you know. But if you want to tell me your favorite cover, you can. I'm going to say Look On Up. I, well, yeah, I'm going to say Look On Up. Haven't not heard it, but I do have it queued up on um, YouTube. To listen to after this uh i can't yeah. say whether or not I, I agree with you but it's clearly uh charles in charge now which is also <laughs> a cover technically <laughs> right yeah technically, I guess. shoot can't use it uh it's k car it's definitely k car now 
Uh, no, truthfully, it's uh, for me, it's life after death and taxes. I'll never not like say, that song. I had to have a top three because I would say look on up therapy and I don't need the soul. So if I did my top three, I'm just going to go one, two, three. Uh, number one is life after death and taxes. I know I said uh, I am understood is my favorite song on two lefts, but I'm going to say Jefferson Airplane <laughs> is my number two song just because why not? Actually, it's probably going to be. I don't know. I don't know. I can't do the top three. I, I Getting into you. I really love getting into you. There's so yeah. many good songs. It's hard to do. I'm just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Sorry. I can't do it's it. Okay. It's okay. The only thing worse than beating a dead horse is riding one. Wait, no. <laughs> no. What, what, wait, how does that song go? No, the only thing worse than beating a dead horse is being one. That's the name of that song, isn't it? All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we dismiss for today? I mean, the only thing I really wanted to get, uh, say is like when we talked about this as being a topic, is I wanted to talk about, and we're going to continue this, the idea of like meaning is what you make it. And we live in a world, we live in a society that is so obsessed. I feel like I'm about to become a politician. But the way I'm doing my hands, either I'm being a politician or I'm, air, or I'm one of those ground control traffic people for Right, uh, but no one can see your hands, so. Exactly. That's why this podcast works so well. Uh, <laughs> we live, I think we, we as people tend to think we only need to care about that which is important, forgetting that we decide what's important. And for like, we're always so caught up in what the serious thing is and what has to be done and what we need to really care about politics or religion or money or this or that. And these are serious topics that we have to do. And it's one of the things I had in school where they're like, we have to be everywhere and we have to take care of all these people. And we have to worry about all these different things. And I'm always like, that's just overwhelming. And sometimes what's important is the simple things, like listing out your favorite Reliant K albums. I literally put more research into this than I've put into papers that I had to write. <laughs> I've spent so much time listening to Reliant K albums over the past week. Uh, this is a, something. This is an important band because for for me, because. Um, they're like I said before. I've evolved from from the from the time that I was what what seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, to now, and and so is this band. And I feel like I've evolved with them. And every time a new experience in my life has come up, uh, there's been a new Black K album that talks about something that I'm going through. So it it's uh yeah. These are this is one of those bands that uh. I wish would continue to make music uh, and evolve, even though I know it's going to sound, you're not going to get another, another, mm, or another uh, anatomy, but you might get an evolution from air for free. Sure. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun and it brought me de- back down like memory lane. Uh, we do want to talk in the future about, uh, uh, about making meaning. Meaning is what you make it. Uh, that's something you hear a lot, and I think that's so important that we put me, we ascribe, 
we ascribe meaning to things and we say some things are more important than others, but because we want them to be. And I know people who say like, uh, medical research is so much more important than video games. And okay. In one sense, yes, but in another sense, no. And I don't really want to get into it here. Why? Because I do want to save that for another time. But in the same way, like Lion K has a lot of deep meaning and who knows uh, what some of these songs have meant to people over the years. I know they've meant a lot to me. And this isn't even my top five favorite bands of all time or top three. They might be in my top five. I haven't really counted my top five favorite bands. But yeah, and they've meant so much to me and it was really cool to go back and listen to old songs and remember and not speed up. <laughs> uh, that was a terrible pun. You just looked at me like at, for a moment like, did you just do nothing? You like there was this moment of like, I'm going to pretend like I didn't understand this pun because I don't want to. Yeah. So, I got I I got it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I could see you got it. That was the problem. <laughs> you were like, I'm gonna <laughs> pretend like I didn't hear that and I'm just gonna just ignore it. <laughs> uh but I don't think there that's my big thing and of course uh definitely uh silly shoes. Yeah. yeah. Most people don't most people who are reliant K fans, I well not most people, but a lot of reliant K fans out there are like, I have no clue what you're talking about when you say silly shoes. Because it's not titled that. That's just the name that's been given to it. I don't even know if that's officially its name, but right. that's what it's collectively been called. As this yeah. hit track on, uh, I forgot which album we just talked about it earlier. But so why should why should anyone care about Reliant K or any of our favorite bands or anything at all? You shouldn't. You should care about the bands that you care about. You should care about the things that you care about. This is just our opportunity and our right as owners of or as uh, makers or speakers on this um, little podcast we got to just sort of take a minute and just sort of give a nod to something that we've appreciated for I mean they've given us uh, music for over 20 years so we're acknowledging that and appreciating it and just taking two and a half hours out of our life to talk about it Oh, golly, it's two and a half hours. we got to edit this down a lot. <laughs> we are. We will. Don't worry. Uh, um, well. So, yeah, if you've stuck with us throughout this podcast, you must either be in the band of Gay or a really big fan. <laughs> Nobody's in the band of Gay anymore. Uh, uh, but if you stuck with us throughout this podcast, uh, welcome to a new week. Because uh, that's about next how week long we will. Next talking. week we will. Um, we will dive into a little more serious, not serious, but we'll talk about conspiracy theories as we promised before, and uh, we'll do some research for that topic. Um, part of the reason we didn't do that this week is because a we want to do we want to talk about this band, and b uh, because of the stuff happening in Nashville, we didn't have a lot of time to really do a whole lot of research into the topics we needed to. So this is kind of a little bit of a side uh, a sidetrack for us, but we'll get yeah. back on and. Uh, we have, we are, I think we're at a hundred listeners for our last two podcasts right now. What's wrong with so, that? 
I don't know what they're doing. I don't know who these people are, but you're listening to two random fr- random people who just happen to be twenty year plus friends talk about yeah. random random things. Like we we literally, I think, should just start taking dice and throwing them, or Scrabble pieces and throwing them, <laughs> and we can find it Ouija board style or something. I'll tell you what. If we have a hundred listeners within our first three episodes of this podcast. We must have done something right. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Uh, It has been fun to talk again today. Uh, Next time we will be getting into um, more topics. Conspiracy theories is coming up. Think about what your favorite conspiracy theories are. We're going to get into some of ours. Uh, And I will say, life is not written in ink. Oh, no, 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 no. We make mistakes. We evolve. We change. We erase and we rewrite. For that reason, life is written in pencil. And go out there and have some good devastation and reform. Get yourself some therapy. Uh, find the mountaintop and be softer to me. Life after death and taxes. <laughs> and enjoy wearing your silly shoes. And coronavirus was created in a lab in China. Bye.